episode nine of the Something Blue podcast, a podcast that seeks to discuss really interesting films with people who are like-minded and big film fans of one persuasion or another. And I am like super excited. One of my favorite people that I ever get to do podcasts with is here to join me today. And uh, it's been a little while, Ali. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's exciting. Episode, you say nine? Nine, yeah. You're top ten. Smashing them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> this is appropriate to nothing, right? But I once had a friend that says, you know, we're going, God, it's really hard. When you go out at night, it's really hard to pick up women. He says, it's not. Just compliment them all the time. He says, what do you mean? Like, I have to talk to them and stuff. And he says, no, just watch me. And he just walked around all night and just told every girl in the place she was the top 10 best looking women he'd ever seen in his entire life and would just walk away. And honestly, after about an hour and a half, he just had a stream of people following him about the bar. And I was like, what <laughs> happened here? This is literally just walks past friends of people. So take the top 10 compliments as it's going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get my coat. <laughs> there you go. You didn't <laughs> you didn't expect to have such top tips from a, a no, physical yeah. media podcast or otherwise. Catch up lines yeah. and stuff. Oh God, I never tried it. Well, I did try it one night, and then I kind of after about the second person, people were starting to give me weird looks, and I went, oh, "It's just not me." I don't know. I'm just not trying it <laughs> Anyway, uh, we are going to talk about the usual kind of mix of stuff we've been watching recently, stuff that's coming up, and then we have a special film to talk about at the end, especially given the season. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that at the time. Uh, if you don't know Ali, or you wouldn't know where to find, where else could you find you, Ali? Rather than me do the whole, the whole spiel, you get to introduce yourself. Oh, um, you put me on the spot because it's at the start. I so I am a, a kind of everywhere, a bit like yourself. So yeah. um, I have a YouTube channel where I try and do gaming videos, which are normally, let's say, tutorials. I don't really do playthroughs of stuff. A few reviews, but I tend to. Like it started off as me showing people how to tune their cars on Forza um, and setting up wheels. And then I've been doing a few flight sim things. So I've got that. And then podcast wise, I'm obviously on Film Guff, mm-hmm. uh, which is you've had Kev on already. Yep, um, so yeah, we, we're our partners in crime. We actually met on a podcast called Last, uh, La- Last Games Load, um, Laps Gamer Radio. And then we just fell in love with films there between us. Like we're like, oh yeah, we're this film and this film. And so that's where we got to to know each other and branched off and did film guff. And then I'm also on Codec Moments, although I won't say it's on a hiatus. We're just too busy to put any podcasts out where it's kind of just blokes talking about video games, but from a, we don't have much time to play them that much these days. So we come at it at different, different angles and talk about that. And then again, another podcast kind of was born from there and i have an f1 podcast with my co-host on um codec moments um with matt holt where we just i don't think we have a lot of listeners but it's just a way for us to get <laughs> and talk about f1 because we're yeah. both big fans of that so yeah I'm a, I'm a bit everywhere lots of rabbit holes and that's exactly what, what uh, i mean i can identify with that massively yeah. in terms yeah. of uh, yeah. doing podcasts over the years and kind of getting to a certain point of doing that for a few years and then going oh but i'm really into this other thing now and as uh, somebody said on the internet, not that long ago that I read, it says, look, is it even a hobby if you're not podcasting about it? Can you even call it a hobby? And I think you can definitely yeah, identify that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the hardest one is is the F1 podcast because we're a little bit behind now. But right. when you're trying to talk about races and st- like this season has been a bit crazy when there's been like 
three or four races back to back and That's it's right, just yeah. hard to yeah it's a challenge to try and keep up with it <laughs> but but thankfully it's been the same result every single time ali so well, I should just record the yeah. same episode yeah. over and over yeah. again <laughs> and we do a fantasy league and my my dad's in it and he refuses because he doesn't like max verstappen he refuses to guess max verstappen so he's bottom of the league he's like how am i the bottom i'm like because you're not predicting what we all know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah, it, it's because yeah. you probably know this, and I get I'm way off topic, but this, this is what happens. I have a friend who can't ever watch the races live or even the same day, so he has to wait for the next day for the highlights to be released like on YouTube. So every yeah. like Sunday night or something, he'd be going, Oh, don't, don't, don't be talking about it, don't be talking about the race. And I'd be like, Oh my god, you'll never guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll start off by talking about things that we've been enjoying recently, kind of films that we've been digging into and either hearing loving or otherwise and i usually let my guests go first so let's let's go with that ali what have you got in terms of things you've enjoyed recently or just in general whatever whatever you fancy okay yeah so I, i'll do it like what i've been watching in the last few months it's it's, it's yeah. been a bit tough this year watching films because i've been really busy at work uh but I managed to get to the cinema recently to see the marvels ah which is the the latest Marvel film based on Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, um, and Monica Rambeau. But I'm I'm not sure if it, if it came up with her name. But a lot of I, I don't know if you found this, especially for people that are watching more recent films, because I know you love your classics as well. Yeah. But the me the the way the media is and the way the film ratings are are really far apart at the minute, which is crazy. So I think. The media or the media metric score was like, I don't want to say 40% or something like that. Right. But then Jesus people have gone right. to see it and it's like 80. Yeah. It's it's really far apart. Um, but it's, I, it's a really good film. I enjoyed it. It's, it's going back to its roots, it's a proper comic book film. Good fun. Right. A lot of people have been talking about this kind of last run of Marvel movies as having totally lost their way, right? And I. I don't know if I totally agree with it. I think they've been a bit more experimental with a lot of lesser characters. And I think those two things combined have led people to the idea that, oh, it's not for me anymore, rather than kind of seeing what they get. You know, uh, it's, it's a bit of a strange mix. But yeah. I know what you mean. Like, The Eternals was a little bit boring. However, I appreciate what they tried to do and what they needed to do with that film. They had yep. to try and, like, build a new world around it. Now we've lost Captain America and Iron Man Spoilers for anyone that's not got there, but you know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think they're building some good things, and the new uh, Deadpool film could be something mm. special. But if you've not seen Marvels, you need to see it for the after credits. All right, okay. I had, I had a little <gasps> moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, do you have that it was, thing? It was in, deadly in the, silence. In the... In the cinema, you know, especially in Marvel movies, at the start it was way more noticeable, but you just have that 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 bit where everybody doesn't leave the cinema anymore. You know, it's one thing, except for like one person. Yes. And you just see everybody judging them as they're leaving, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Back yeah. down. There might be two after scenes credits here. You just don't know. <laughs> no. And I think, which one was it? I can't remember which one it was, where there was the, it's a recent-ish one but where Captain America at the end is there going, why are you still here? <laughs> and like oh, proper yeah. troll in the audience. And I was yes. like, yeah, it might yeah. be one of the Spider-Man films. I'm not sure, but Could have been. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it yet myself. I haven't seen it yet myself, Marvel's. uh, But uh, my... It's because I usually go with my eldest, right? And she's a boyfriend now. And weekend would have been the time we would have went to see it. And of course now she's... Excuse me, boyfriend? What? They're not allowed boyfriends. She's in love. (laughs) She's in love or at least spending time with... um, At least spending time. I don't think it's actually in love. It's just me ribbing her. Uh, about it but uh, <laughs> Friday's the Friday Saturday night slot that would have been ours for going to see the new Marvel release so I'm like do keep on talking about it just hasn't happened yeah. you can add Hunger Games to that now as well and you know you just yeah yeah I want to go and see that going with her. yeah 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 um, but other than that I watched um, Violent Night recently maybe Ooh. for a film golf episode <clears throat> um, I got the <laughs> I managed to get as you know I, I pick up my special editions and there was a like a box set of that so I managed to get number 43 out of 1,000 or 2,000, which oh. I was like, oh, that's, that's quite nice. Normally, it's quite a high number, but um, yeah, that's a great film. If you've not seen it, it's it, it's just such good fun. It's very similar to the film we're going to talk about now. But with oh, right, okay. That, that'll that be interesting very because gory. that's one of the talking points that I kind of have is kind of comparing those that genre of action filmmaking to more modern ones, which I think is, yeah. is really interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing about a low number, why, why, why does that matter? I mean, it does, but why? I don't know. I know it's limited because it's limited. I don't know. Yeah, but you know that feeling when you're like, because I, I had stopped looking because it was like, oh, I'm so much better than this. I've grown out of this need for a low, low number for checking every time it comes in. Until somebody says, well, what number did you get? I get a really low number for, you know, for, for edition that they got coming in. I think it was one of the Ram films from Indicator. And I went, well, I'll go and check what I have. And it had beaten them by just a slight, not a slightly lower number. And it was like bragging rights were restored. And it, that whole point to me, like 30 seconds previous, was like, I don't see, I don't care about this. I'm way past this. was back in flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're all with all this primal instinct of oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and recently I watched Point Break again. My wife hadn't seen it, so uh-huh. I watched Point Break. Um, so that was that was good to dive into. It's been a number of years since I'd seen that, but that was that was that was good fun. Um, rewatched uh, the Grinch. Well, I haven't I haven't seen the Grinch. The you know the Jim Carrey version. Yep. yep. So uh, we was. Went to a couple of Christmas markets recently, stayed over in Chester, so we watched that in the hotel, um, which is, you know, it's always good fun, Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, but yeah, nice nice little film. Uh, and then Beverly Hills Cop, the first one, I love the film, but at the minute it seems to be on TV like every night, so oh, it might be another episode because I love that film. I, I, I love all three films, actually, you know, unapologetically. I mean, they yes. probably do... Yes. Slightly descending quality, one, two, three, but also your appreciation of the character work goes up from one to two to three as well. More Judge Reinhold, etc., yeah. you know, goes up. So, like, they are, I, I love those films. They are again on a doing a fourth. Oh, yeah, I didn't stop know. filming. Yeah, yeah, there's pictures online of um, Eddie Murphy back in his Detroit Lions <laughs> jacket. That's interesting. What age is Eddie Murphy? Like he must be. Here goes a quick Google. Uh, let's let's. I'll have a stab at it. Fifty-seven. He's sixty-two. I would have even no. had him a bit older than that, which is why I was thinking Beverly Hills Cop four. Like what the hell? But I suppose sixty-two is at the sort of point of like nearing retirement, and as long as they don't make him out to be like a twenty-year-old hipster, and they actually use yes. that as the yeah. bunch, it could be so, excellent, you know. If they did what they did with, which I quite liked with the new 
Bad Boys film. I say no, it's a couple of years mm-hmm. old now. Yeah. Where they actually made them out like, oh, I can't shoot straight because I've not got my glasses on and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, just adding that realism of comedy to it is worked well. I mean, if if you were to ask me to commission a script for that, it would be like Eddie Murphy would be set as the mentor for the younger version of himself, if that makes sense, like the young cop yeah. kind of thing. That uh, That's the kind of movie that we I would expect to be getting out of Beverly Hills Cop for. It's the, yes. And then become the Danny Glover M tool for the shit kind of thing that stick that you'd expect. Yes. In there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I've been watching. What about yourself? Oh, that's so good. But before before moving on, we'll set Point Break. I've been a couple of people I think have been talking about Point Break recently. And I was like, I have to go watch that, and especially because my youngest is in a real red hot chili peppers face. And if I right. think of one scene that sticks in my head from Point Break, it's Anthony Keaton's getting shot in the feet. feet. Foot, you should have say, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. It's the one thing that sticks, and I keep on saying, "God, just see Anthony Kiedis in that movie," and I just want to see the shock and surprise on their face when they see, see that and go, "Ah, yeah." And so, <laughs> uh, I, do, I do need to need to re- rewatch that. So, a couple of things I've been yeah. watching uh, that I picked out. Uh, one, <laughs> it's a Vinegar Syndrome release, right? And it's a British film, and it's sort of like a British film that I feel like I should have heard about. So, it's a British kaiju film called Gorgo. Have you ever oh, heard of it? Is that the is that the Stephen King adaptation? No, it's 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 not. It's way older. It's like 1960, 50, 59, oh, 60, okay. Right? So like, I would have thought this is the type of movie that should have been on TV like a ton. And it's actually just for you. I mean, it has one of the most gorgeous cover yeah. slip boxes. In fact, it's like slip box inception, because it has a slip cover inside a slip cover. Oh. I mean the one on the inside's just not quite the same level, but the outside bit is, right? And like it's a kaiju film, a bit like Godzilla. I mean, it may as well be Godzilla. Uh, the basically is about these guys that are hunting in the in this middle of the sea. It must be in the North Sea, Atlantic, something like that. And they capture this monster, and they go to bring it back to Britain to exhibit to kind of star star attraction. And then they find out that it's the baby. Oh, and the mother is coming to get it. And they do oh. this kind of comparison, like the baby's this size and the yep. mother's obviously that size. And it took them so much to capture the baby. And oh my God. So yes, the mommy's coming to rescue the baby from the middle of, of London. And it's why there wasn't 20 of these movies, I never understand. Because this works kind of really well. I was like, kind of going, this is going to be enough. I would, I should have heard about this. If this was any good, This, this I'd have heard about this. And especially like this version's a 4K. And I was like... Like, it's a bit dumb to have this stupid thing in 4K. Yeah. But yes, it also still totally works. So love that. That was really, really a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look out for that. That sounds good. Yeah, even if you can find a stream of it or otherwise. Then I watched, hmm. uh, my youngest was saying, oh, we started watching in school. I will bear in mind, watching this in school, my youngest is 13, Ali, right? <laughs> and they were watching the, the Others, which is a 15 Right. Oh, okay. And it has, you know, I'm not saying it's terrible. And actually, the whole grading system for most kids, I think, now is totally out of whack. Because most kids, by the time they hit 11, have seen things more vile than I ever did. See, I'm the opposite way. So my ah. nieces and nephews are a bit shielded. But I think it's because, so I had, my brother's seven years older than me. Right. So when I was like seven or something like that, I was watching like Predator and... Stuff like that, um, and like Twelve Monkeys when that first came out, and, yeah. and I was just like, 
what <laughs> what the hell's going on on this <laughs> film and and stuff like that. so so maybe I, i'm a little bit different i don't know but yeah. I, can't, I remember it was yeah. actually it was watching the film book smart if you've ever seen book smart yeah yeah uh, yeah like with Elton david right so like it's 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 humorous but it's quite rude in place right there's some lot yeah. i'd say quite sexual jokes in it and all the rest of it. I remember watching it going, oh, my Ellis was 11 or 12 at the time. She'd love this, but I can't show her to her yet because, you know, some of that stuff, I don't want to be in the same room with her when that, she goes, well, what does that mean? Kind of thing. And I remember something of it coming on or being used as a clip or something. I went, oh, book smart, see somebody, I think you'd really like that. And she turned to me and went, seen it like two years ago. <laughs> and I might remember just thinking, that's right. Understood everything. Don't worry about it. I was like, "All oh, right, okay." Yeah. Don't <laughs> just move on. But the others, yeah, the others. I came out on Criterion as well recently. This is the Studio Canal UK version. Uh, the youngest one I started to watch this. Really liked the gothic kind of setting. Was like, "Oh, really like gothic films." I was like, oh, "Shit!" I was going to say, "Well, you're going to just like a million Hammer films that I, I know a good man that you could yeah. fall down a rabbit hole there there with." So I watched yeah. the others, and I had seen the others many years ago, Ali, and could I remember anything? I kept on saying, "I've seen this before." And everything that happened in the film, I was like, I don't remember that. Don't remember any of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get that? I definitely think it's a kind of getting old thing where you're like, yeah, I'm very confident you know what happens in this film. Yeah. And you, do you know when you watch films as well from when you were younger and you see it from one perspective and then you actually watch mm-hmm. it later on in life and you're like, this is like a completely different film. <laughs> Couldn't have put it any better because the other one I was going to talk about was Cool Hand Luke, which was exactly that oh, yeah. film, right? Which yeah. I'd seen as a young man about a guy that goes to prison who's a bit kind of, to me, my memory was, he's a bit not quite there, not quite right, and uh, yep. he just can't keep himself out of trouble. That, that, that To me, that's that story. And then you watch it as like a 40-year-old man and you're like, oh my God, it's so profound. <laughs> and this is like, Oh my God, this is a, this is about society and about the penal system and all this kind of stuff. And you kind of go on one hand, like I appreciate it on another level, but I also might have taken all of the fun out of that movie. Yeah, but brilliant movie. Like honestly, the cool hand like was, yeah. oh, definitely rocketed right back up there in terms of like one of my favorite films of all time. And that recently watched, I just thought. Casting yeah. everything yeah. about it just like yeah. outstanding, and then to get a 4K disc of it, which looks amazing, is like wow, nice. wow, wow. So, yep. um, that's most of mine. And the last one I'll finish with because I've been doing a lot of this recently has been I've been watching a lot of the Kung Fu films from Hong Kong. Oh, good man. So, I was watching The Last Blood, which is called Hardboard 2, nothing to do with Hardboard 1, um, with Chow Young Fat, etc. And it, um, but this one has Alan Tam and Andy Lai. And it basically follows a... The, he's not the Davai Lama, but it's... A, a guy, religious dignitary, has come to visit this place and they basically have uh, a faction ascetic to kill him. And so yep. the police force are like, no, you're not killing him, not in our land, etc. And of course, something happens to him. Uh, and he is injured. Uh, but also the girlfriend of... Andy Lau gets injured as well. And it sets up this thing of they need to find this very rare blood type in order to save the Davai. But it is also the same blood type as the girlfriend. And it's like they're both racing to get this very rare blood type and these people uh, to do it all oh, okay. the while somebody trying to stop them and kill them in stupid Hong Kong action style. None of it really makes any sense. Doesn't need to. In fact, it's better that it doesn't in a lot of ways. Uh, but ridiculously fun to watch. 
Like, without doubt, just... Yeah, yeah. So I much think... fun. Next, if there is a next time, I hope I hope I can come back. We'll have to do a martial arts film. Oh, um, so I recently good. got the... There was a special... I think it's Warner Brothers edition of Enter the Dragon. Oh, You know, I love yes. the special edition, so I, I had to pick that up. Like, Bruce Lee's my hero, idol, like... The guy's phenomenal. Um, so I, I picked up that, but there's some awesome, awesome hidden gems just in the martial arts genre um, out there. And and I don't know if I've told you this, but so I do Japanese jiu-jitsu, right. which okay. is yes, in yes, effect I'm training to be a samurai. So not the Brazilian jiu-jitsu rolling around on the floor. This is me knowing how <laughs> to kill people with doing less moves and stuff. Um, and then I now watch these films going, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh yeah, that's this. Yeah. And and like the other day, I was doing jumping crab claw scissors where I can jump onto someone's waist and take them down and put them into a wrist lock. It's right. Like, it's awesome. Um, but there's, there's some awesome films out there. There's, there's one that possibly might be for another episode called Blood and Bone, which is a, a newer okay. film. Um, so think, have you seen uh, AWOL or AWOL? It might be, is it uh, Leonardo or something like that? Le- Legionnaire or something like that. It's oh, a John Claude yes. Van Damme film. Yes, I've seen where he goes into yes, like sure. underground fighting. Mm-hmm. So imagine that, but slightly modernized with okay. Michael Jar White. Mm-hmm. And the opening scene it. to the film is a a fight in the in a prison um, shower room with Kimbo Slice, who's a oh, was because he's, he's passed away now. But yeah, it, oh, it's such a good film. It's really good. That's interesting because I watched. Uh... A couple of weeks ago, my Bloodsport for the very first time, and I hadn't seen Bloodsport, and I was going through like the, the, the extras. Not are magnificent, but the amount of people that they got in, obviously, be the other competitors, and a couple of them were actually yep. practiced martial artists, and they were saying they were sort of brought on to be effective, but also their role they felt was to be authentic, if you know what I mean. So the people yep. who were uh, from that sort of background could appreciate the film and go, actually, that guy. While this is entertainment, that guy's. He's proper. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And actually, this got the, the conflict. Is it Bloodsport that's got the guy out of Enter Dragon in it? Is it Bulbo? Yes, it's that's like yeah, that? yeah, he's the, in it. Yes, he's the main bad guy. Yep, yep. He's, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. yeah, that was part of, well, that was part of the casting for, for uh, Bloodsport is that they basically secured him and thought, right, he's still very famous from Enter the Dragon, which is kind of the prototypal uh, Hong Kong action film and they're trying to launch yeah. a career or trying to build something around Jean-Claude Van Damme etc and uh, they got the two of them together and they're like who else can we put in around this and uh, that's another great release the 4k release of that yeah it's yeah fantastic oh, yeah I picked up um, Hard Target recently as well that came oh, out yeah. on a 4k special yeah. edition yeah yeah I think is it 88 films that have been redoing releasing some of them because they did um Street Fighter as well they were starting yes. to do a series of Jean Claude Van Damme films. I'm up to date with them. I have them all. Yeah, I had that Double Targets, the last one that came out, and uh, I haven't. That's the, the Double Trouble. Sorry, uh, is it's the yep. yeah, it's the I haven't got round to watching it yet, but I've watched the rest of them. Uh, no order run. Yeah, yeah. Probably my favorite Universal Soldier twos in there. Um, yeah. oh, the great cyborgs and that they're a great set of films and Street Fighter as, as well. It's just, it, I mean. It's excellent, except he's not Guile. I sort of have it in my head that he's just somebody else. He's not Guile. He just doesn't look yes. like Guile. He yeah, doesn't he's not represent really Guile. Guile. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. But uh, uh, the rest of it is fine. Everybody else works for me. Yeah. Yeah. In that, just apart from him, 
Uh, and I suppose without yeah. him, it doesn't get made. So at least we have a Street Fighter film. We're, we're good. Yeah. 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 So that's it. Yes, that'd, that'd be cool. We'll do we'll do a martial arts film next time, are we? That would be a, that'd be a great idea for, for one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good thinking. Excellent. So that's what we've been watching. We'll talk about things that are coming out or what I've been doing busy towards the end of the year, Ali, is things that you've either picked up this year or somebody's picked up for you or bought for you or you've got your eyes on, you think, oh, I love this. And I have to tell everybody, traditionally when I've done this with Ali, I've just usually been a very poor man afterwards because, like he says, <laughs> he, he has he has a thing for producing the most beautiful edition of something that I, on one hand, would swear I don't care about, but as soon as it's like in front of me and the tactile nature of it, they kind of go, oh, I really want that. Last time, I think, was the, Willy was Wonka. Yeah, I was about to say Willy Wonka, yeah. yeah. Willy Wonka won the golden um, ticket. Oh, still love that set. So I think, the, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's a beautiful set, that is. I think the most recent one that I've got, which is a big set, is, um, oh God, the uh, Leon. That's it. There we go. He's come to my Oh, Leon, the Leon. professional. Yes. Yeah. And I've got, it's a chunky boy set. Um, and there's postcards and special editions in it and like steel tin. I, I don't understand why the box is so thick, but it is. Um, and it's it's really good. Do you want yeah, me to grab it to show you? You can do. Well, just saying that, what I'll say is yeah. um, like those special editions that are super thick, right? I often think they make them super thick, yep. thick so that it appears special, even though it wouldn't have to be that thick. Like the, the Wicker Man big box that came from Student Canal is a, it's a pretty thick box, but it's a lot of empty space inside it, you know? And I think it's more... Oh, no, this hasn't got empty space. Stuff. No? Yeah. One second. No. So, the Leon Special Edition, like I say, it's a chunky boy. So it's like two fingers worth of case. And on the back, you actually get a card. Mm. Right. And it's actually, the card's got your... Um, edition number on it right. so i've got 1685 out of 2400 but it's on the card as ah, opposed to you know like normally right. stick a sticker on it yeah that's but there right. is a sticker yeah, yeah. at the bottom as well or on the j card or something um, yeah and then you get a lot of posters a lot of behind the scenes bits and all sorts in it as well as a lovely steel tin Ah. of it and there's loads of extras and all sorts on it and i actually purchased it from zavi about four months ago and it was actually delayed i think they had some issues kind of getting them out um and then it, it actually arrived two or three weeks ago um but it is it is a lovely set it's in 4k it's one of the studio canal they're doing a lot of special editions at the minute um and yeah i had it on print there was even a bigger set which i didn't go for um so yeah that's that's probably nice uh, yeah, yeah especially when it comes to the price these days yeah. um but surprisingly as big as this is it's not as big <laughs> as the total recall one that i got <laughs> which is oh, yeah i did go set. all in on that yeah yeah that's a so yeah i think that's my most set. recent um that and, and violent night but the Violent Night one's just fairly standard postcards and stuff that we never do anything with. <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah. and someday somebody's going to get ease for those and everybody's going to go, yes, this is the thing I'm going to use. 
Uh, I, I often think if I could imagine something I could do it myself. That's just how yeah. it's my retirement fund. If it, yes. like, there's enough collectors that if it got a sweet spot of a price for it and a design for it, and people would be like, "Yes, yeah. that's the thing." Uh, but this is the, the Leon edition's packed with extras as well, which is really nice. Oh. Um, and it's like an embossed cover on it. So it's not just yeah. flat. Yeah, it's. I can't even yeah. find. I can't even. Find, oh no, I have found one. I found one. Of course, it's not. It's not cheap. It's not even. No. It's not even like cheap. Oh my god! I've just seen no. the original price for Ali. Oh my god! <laughs> kidneys. Who does need kidneys? Uh, kidneys, <laughs> body parts. Yeah. They're, they're all trans. Like we're all gonna die someday, isn't that? Isn't that the way the way that it, that it goes? And then oh, I've got step. one on order as well, which is the. Um, Oh, what is it? Is it Cult of Cinema? Is it called that series of films? Oh, like, yes, like, yeah. Titans of Collections. Cult. Titans of Cult. That's it, Titans of Cult. Um, and they're doing a Gladiator one. Gladiator. Yeah. And I'm massive fan of the Gladiator film. We we did a two episode special on it on Film Guff. And mm-hmm. I've recently been over to Rome and been around the Coliseum. That's right. Um, so they're, they're doing a massive box set of that. And you actually get his helmet as a figure thing in it or whatever yes, i don't know what's made like out of kind of thing for them isn't that right um, um i think this one's pins. actually more of a model i think it's it is 3d as opposed to a pin yeah 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 i'll stick a, i'll stick up a, a picture of, of the of the art of this but this like this one's a bit different in for the titans of cult because it it's a steelbook isn't it and then they have like a stand for the steelbook so it sets up kind of by yeah. itself as a display piece that's really nice yeah yeah yeah, I was like, I've already got the film in 4K, but I was just like, I'm having that as well. <laughs> the other one could go away pretty. somewhere, like a bit away. Yeah. That's right, because you'd put up... Yeah. Uh, it's that the, kind of time of year. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I've been asking people, because, you know, everybody has the slightly different things that they like to look for in terms of things that are quite special. Or even in things like this, where it's the, even for some people, it's like, well, I wouldn't buy this for myself, but if somebody wa- was going to buy me something as a gift... This might be something that they ask for, which might be really nice. That I'd be really happy to get that. Titans and Cult Gladiator Edition is, oh, that is really pretty. I hadn't even looked at that in any yep. great detail. Yep. And of course, now you've made me look. And uh, <laughs> who, who loves me enough yeah. uh, <laughs> to do yeah. something like yeah, that yeah. for me? But it is it is interesting because obviously you'd put up that you were in the, the, the Coliseum earlier on this year. And I was as well, actually, because we went to Rome as part of our summer holidays. The past year, I didn't go outside. I just did yeah. the outside because I was doing a full day thing of Rome that day. But Rome is is one of those places. Like it just people had talked about it before they went. In terms of like you walk around the corner and oh my god, it's like this incredibly famous historical monument that you kind of thing. And it's just like in the middle of the street sometimes of where yeah. these things are. Yeah. Uh, Rome itself is just incredible. It was it was really hot one day and, and me and my wife just went we'll just go into this random church they're normally quite cool we'll pay our respects have a look around and it was random it wasn't even on a map and then you look up and you're like oh my god how gorgeous is that ceiling like what is this place and it's like oh it's just such and such and you're like i've never heard of it but it's one of the most gorgeous churches i've ever been in and, and like the vatican you kind of just stumble upon it as well like, yeah, oh, it's I'm just kind of like at the side of the road. Oh, that's the Vatican over there. You know, it's kind of like, oh, what yeah. are you talking about? This is bizarre. The day I was there, it yeah. was 40 degrees. It was ridiculously hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it was just so bewildered. Like, honestly, I just, yeah. the head was on a swivel the whole time. And especially the grounds around the Coliseum, especially, you know, you've got the Coliseum, but then they kind of show, show the roads that go away from it because obviously the circus, etc. Yeah, you've there. got all the forum and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's I, all I, around it. Because it was um, my 10th wedding anniversary, so part of it was my wife wanted to go to Pompeii because we, we did a cruise as well. So I went to Pompeii as well. And then we, we paid to do the tour of, of the floor and going in the Coliseum. And it was long. It was four hours. Ooh. And it wasn't until we were like at the top of the Coliseum and nearly done. And she went, oh, would you like a water break? Well, like, yes, please. Oh, yes, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I did Pompeii as well. Pompeii as well was done in 40 degrees heat. And as you know from doing Pompeii, like Pompeii is incredible, but there is no relief there at all. They have water fountains, no. which is one no. thing, but there is no overhead relief at all. And like I was struggling and there was a lot of very elderly people there. And I thought, good on you because this is gorgeous. And it only lasted about two and a half hours our trip that day, which was long enough. But honestly, yeah. it was like, it was it was amazing to see. But I have very strong memories of, of, of thinking I'm going to die. I remember actually getting outside of it and going to the shop to get a drink of water, uh, Coke or anything. Yeah. And I think it was six or seven euros a bottle of Coke. And it was like, the greatest experience I've ever had of actually drinking it. As much as it's <laughs> like the, the best. Yeah, it was like all of it. Somebody pouring it around your head and kind of going, oh, this is magnificent. But to take that, like, you, it means that when you watch things like Gladiator again or you watch films that are set in like ancient Rome or, you know, especially when you go see these places in real life and take them forward, it's a whole new experience of, of watching the movie again and you see the kind of level of effort and authenticity to strive for in the likes of those those films and give yeah. you the appreciation. And when I was on the floor, I managed to resist shouting, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> well, how many people do that? There must be a lot. There must be people just going, yeah, how many a day? You know, like a day sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here through. we go again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Without, without in the proper, you'd have to come in the proper dress. You know, you'd have to become dressed for the occasion to, to really do it. Yeah, and throw a sword at someone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they go, "Here's a lion," and you go, "I was only joking, mate. I was only joking." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. So things that I'm excited for coming out of the next. So, oh, there was a couple of things that I did want to ask you about actually, because I thought there might have been right up your street. Yeah. So, the Disney Steelbooks for the likes of Mandalorian. I would imagine you're a bit of a Mandalorian fan. Yep. Are they in the radar? I don't know. What, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. The series is great. I, I don't know. I don't know why I wouldn't buy them. Well, they're expensive. With and they seem to when they're releasing them all at once, which kind of hurts. They're doing... Loki and yeah. Wanda and Mandalorian all within a week of each other, you know, and you're like, like they're nice. Yeah, and then but then there's the collectomaniac in me that's like, I need to now fill in the gaps. But that's the thing. So it's not now they've released them. It's not like see if you get one, you're in for all five. You know, it's not. Yes. you're not going yeah. for one, and and at that point, you're like, do I want to start on this train track, or do I want to just jump off yeah. and kind of say no one as pretty as they are. I think I think they'd be awesome to watch. Like yes, as we know, as as physical collectors and probably people listening as well, there is a difference between streaming it and and watching it physically. Sometimes it's more of a convenience thing. I'll be honest. Like yeah. <laughs> it's really lazy. Like, what I can't be asked to get up and put the actual disc in, or I don't want to damage the disc. So I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm streaming, right. but 
so I, I've got that, but I think what I might do is might try and be quite smart with them because three or four times a year they do that. Is it two for 25 when it comes to That's 4K true. things with Disney? So I might do that and then every now and again just drip feed a couple in. Yeah. Because um, I'd really love to get the 4K collector's edition of the, well, not collector's edition, but you know, the combined of all the Star Wars nine oh, films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like two hundred something pounds. Yeah, the Skywalker collection isn't it? Isn't that the color? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like. That. And I've I've got them all anyway. Not all in four K, but yeah. Yeah, you bought those films yeah. a lot, just like me. You had the VHS versions before they were cut. Then they yep. cut them. You got the DVD version that came in the 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 one the sixth there, and you're like, right, I got these. Yeah, That's with the for life. film cell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. right. And so I wanted to buy those again, and then. You've got the three later films, and you kind of go, well, now I need to buy them. And 4K, okay, maybe, you know, at a point, where does it ever end? Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, but, uh, yeah. 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 Although, I have to say, Star Wars as a series, as an idea, is not as strong as it was even 10 years ago with me. It's just, uh, I actually, when I take my kids to see the films... I can see the joy that I used to have about it in them. And it's kind of like, it's just like a murder shine to me. I thought I loved it as much, but I actually, like, I'll see their faces and go, but it's not that anymore. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not that well, Hopefully, if if the rumours are true, um, oh, God, I'm really rubbish with names today, but what's it's taken over Star Wars, isn't he? Apparently, according to rumours, the guy with the cowboy hat, it'll Ooh. come to me. You know the main producer that's overseeing it, along with Happy it, from Iron Man. Oh my god! Oh, uh, John Favreau was was it? But so it was. Kathleen yeah. Kennedy was looking looking after it, and JJ Abrams did obviously did yeah. the last three films, and then Rand Johnson was supposed to do three films, but I think that got cancelled. No, so you know the guy that's like producing them that was that was George Lucas's right hand man oh, for episodes yes, one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah. He's back then. Well, he's not left. But he's, he's been, been behind a lot of the stuff to do with the Mandalorian, but apparently he's now taken over the Star Wars universe. Ah, right, okay. And obviously, you know, Don Favreau was very was the Mandalorian itself. You know, or yeah. the, involved in the in the making of that. That's his, his name will come to me at some point, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm kicking myself. I can see him, and I can hear him. Um. Oh my god. So bad with names at the minute. It's old age. Um, well, you know, I know, right? Back, back in the days when you had nothing else to think about, you had all the space in the world for this, and now you're like, oh, cost of living. Oh, it's eating away at my ability to remember names. Oh, yeah. Hoover and Quarry. Um, yeah. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Yes, yeah. I do know Dave, Dave Filoni. Yeah. So apparently he's overseeing everything going forward because right. Catherine Kennedy's been doing some weird agenda stuff and. You know, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the latest Indiana Jones film? I haven't seen it. No. That, that's the face. That's the face everybody's been kind of making about that. You know, it's, it's not pretty. too bad. But the the female, I can't remember her name. She, nah, there's just not. It's just weak. Really, is weak. Like mm. I, I just couldn't get behind her as a character. It's dead weird. But do you not think? I, I, actually, this relates quite well. I think to something like Beverly Hills Cop. Because when you have a franchise, one of the things that is probably the easiest about it, or should be the easiest about it, is you have a returning cast of characters, and you don't really need to do new characters at all. 
you know you can just have the same core and then have fringe characters around it but it seems to me like especially with indiana jones and i suppose you could say with the new star wars films this is all ultimately one of the reasons that people kind of don't gravitate at the same time the established characters were the fringe characters and you had new characters to kind of love and as soon as you put the two of them side yeah. by side it doesn't work and then even though I haven't seen the new Indiana Jones, it feels like Indiana Jones himself has become a side character in his own films in some like weird ways rather than all just being about yeah, him. Yeah, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll watch it and love it and whatever, but I... Oh, my crystal skull was... I remember just coming to the cinema and going... There's, that, there wasn't very much, apart from the hat, there wasn't very much Indiana Jones about that, you know? Um, yes, in a lot of ways. So, oh, it's a, it's a pity, but well, live like there's a new Ghostbusters film, and I quite liked Afterlife, and you know it kind of suffers a bit from the same problem that I just talked about there. But you know, it's Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, I don't it was still enjoyable though. It was, it was, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll look yeah. forward. To, look Put forward movie to business to right. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Talk to the two guys with no money to invest and everything. We'll, we'll fix it. No, I haven't got a clue. Just the same as everybody else. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah. uh, like, you can't, as I often say to people, you can't be given, like, I seem to be one of the only people that thinks Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness was actually and is going to be appreciated as a work of genius in a lot of years. Apparently, that's an unpopular opinion. I like that film a lot. Even though I it's like flawed. That film. It was good. Yeah, I think that's flawed for sure. But like, they tried something really different with it. And it was a, a for me. Was a proper horror movie attempted doing a Marvel film? Like I think there's some of that stuff yes. that's a bit grim, and that's good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Sam Raimi sure. can't go wrong. Well, exactly right. I, th- I think I suppose you'd have to know who Sam Raimi is going in to kind of know that there's a chance you might get something that's not universally loved at the same stage, but will be interesting to a certain other type of people as well. If you know what his kind of stuff is, yeah, yeah. you know what you're getting. So. Yeah, coming out in the next couple of weeks, things that I'm interested in. Minutes Daydream, the 4K, is getting a Steelbook release, the David Bowie documentary film, uh, oh. which I quite enjoyed. But I mean, it's just yep. amazing to see all of these old vintage bits of Bowie talking. Like, he's just one of those characters that just will always be, you know, box office TV, even if he's just talking about what color the sky was that day. It's like, but he describes it amazingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's him. Yeah. Um, and Titanic in 4K as well. Oh, yeah! I was saying the other day that I've not seen that film in a long time. So I used to like to tell a story about the about Titanic as I'd seen it the day it came out on release. In the what UK. the Titanic? Well, not, not, not the ship. Although uh, I, I am, I do obviously do live in Belfast. If I was living long enough, that would have been like <laughs> no, the the the, uh, the the film in the nineties, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I. I didn't watch any trailers of it. I just kind of assumed that it was a disaster movie. So I went to the very first showing on the day that it was released, 12 o'clock showing in the centre of Belfast with two friends from uni. And we sat down. And I remember being confused about halfway through, going, what about, what, I thought it was a sinking ship <laughs> in this, rather than Kit Wins the Express, which I wasn't really complaining about at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> but at the same stage, this is went in a total other direction that it went down in. And I think I think it's a film that's sort of like undergone revisions in people's heads that haven't seen it in a while, a bit like you were saying, in terms of they forget that actually the ship sinking is 
incredible. Like it is like one of the greatest yeah. action sequences of all time. And people have sort of wiped that bit from the memory and just said it's just a romance film, which definitely isn't just. There's certainly a romance Aye. element to it. Um, but I am looking forward to actually seeing that again because I think Cameron, as a filmmaker, has always got spectacle at the yeah. front. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So I'm very nice. much forward to that. And that's coming out in 4K as well, but there you go. Oh, yeah. I hear people like Elf. Elf? Yeah. Yeah. If you actually, here's this. What's your favorite Christmas movie, by the way? Oh. That's a really hard one. It, it, it'd be somewhere between Christmas Vacation or Home right. Alone. Okay. Okay. Two very, but, very good movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love so many of them, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like, I struggle to watch all the Christmas films I want to watch over the Christmas period because there's too many that I like for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have yeah. to do a video. I'm contributing to a video for it, so I'll, I'll keep what my favourite is. But, like, on Christmas vacation, I think Clark as well as a character that I identify a bit more every year as every year passes through yes. my life. I identify with them just a little bit more every single year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. And I love Christmas with the Cranks as well, because I've watched the, uh, not watched, read the book that goes I, along with that as well. Yeah, which is which is a decent book. It's it's very similar to the film. There's a few slight changes, but nothing major. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. And Scrooge was on a couple of days ago as well. Oh. Scrooge is, is such a magnificent. Which one? Uh, the Bill Murray. Oh, sorry, Scrooged. Yes, sorry. Screwed. There's so yeah. So the, I love it that there's so many adaptations of Scrooge, yeah. and Scrooged is is phenomenal. I love that. It's like great. it's a completely different take on it. It is. It's, it's a, um, possibly Bill Murray's but, best role. Possibly. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the the best Scrooge adaptations is the animated one. Oh yes, okay. But the Jim Curry one. Or yes, yes, yeah. Just because of what they managed to do with it, and how, like, when he's he shrinks down and he's running mm-hmm. through, get chased by rats and horses and all, and it's just it sounds brilliant. And I saw that at the cinema, and it was one of the rarities where three D actually worked. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it was actually snowing in the cinema with the three D glasses on and stuff. It was, oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. I forgot that yeah. was three D. Yeah, I thought that was three D. I'm actually I've seen it on. Um, sorry. I was going to say, I'm booked in to see Muppets Christmas Carol in the cinema a couple of days before Christmas. Oh, so, uh, classic. We're all yeah. going to go together to see that. Yeah. So, yeah. And a, a few years ago, I saw uh, an adaptation in my, my local theatre, like on stage. Excellent. And um, had, uh, I think it was the captain or whatever his name is, but from um, The Bill was on was in it as Scrooge. Oh. I can't remember his name now, but yeah, that was, that was good. So I'm trying to... I was talking about the bill earlier on because we're talking about great TV themes. The only guy, the only two people I can remember from the entire show were Tosh, the guy with the moustache, and Sergeant, yep. uh, Sergeant Bill Cryer is the other one. So this guy was the, the thin guy, uh, the, the boss that was a, quite a chubby guy. Oh yes, I, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the reasons yeah. I asked me about your favorite Christmas movie is, of course, because. We're going to talk about the film that you brought with us, mm. which I'll introduce in my normal way before letting you 
give me the reasons why you picked it. It's a controversial Christmas film. We'll probably get into that in some ways. But it's a 1988 film directed by John Tiernan. McTiernan, should I say? Sorry. It runs for 132 minutes, which surprised me how long it was. It's an 8.2 yeah. in IMDb, a 4.1 in Letterboxd. What is the film? Die Hard. Die Hard. Proper indeed. Christmas film. <laughs> Proper Christmas film. <laughs> Set your stall <laughs> nice, and, nice and early. Yeah, too right. Set at Christmas Eve, that's it. It's a Christmas film. Well, it, it does It does sing some Christmas songs in the middle of it, for sure. Um, yeah. And... I did watch it on the 30th of November, so there you go. Uh, it's about as close to Christmas as you can make it. What What is it about <laughs> Die Hard you love, Valley? It's just a good film. Like, it's so you've, you've, for a start, you've got Bruce Willis, who I'm a little bit too young to remember it, but I know of his history, so he's a comedic actor that suddenly mm-hmm. went in to do this action film. Um, it's based on a book, although the book is very different. And it's, it, it, kind of it's not i think the reason why people don't like it as a christmas film is because it's not traditional it's not got father christmas in peril and you know like Ernest saving christmas and you know all those things or just like dysfunctional christmas family on and all that it's someone that goes to a christmas party and then terror terrorists are there trying to blow it up and he's trying to save that and just gets in the middle of it and it's just good fun. It's it's a good action film, good eighties action film. That it's just timeless. I I love it, and and they're very clever in apart from some of the little bits of technology in it, mm-hmm. like the the TV screens and things like that. There's not a lot about it that dates the film either, really, to an extent. That's right. No mobile phones. There's not like, a lot yeah, of the only thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you see little bits here and there, and like some of the aircraft and whatnot. But other than that, it's it feels like it's timeless, but it's just good fun, and it's it's someone that tried to go, is is gone to. He's obviously had a bit of a traumatic marriage with his wife. She's moved her and her kids to LA. He's from New York. He comes across to try and patch things up at Christmas. Got the ridiculous big cuddly toy with him, and then it just all goes Pete Tong and then he's trying to just get back to his wife after they'd had a bit of a, a row before she has to go and rally the troops uh, <laughs> for, to do like a bit of a speech and yeah all he wanted to do was come and try and I guess patch things up with his wife well he, he did that I mean yeah. job a bit of an extreme way to do it maybe well, he yeah. planned the whole damn thing so it would work out the way that it did Plus, he got rid of, of, of the other yeah. guy, as it turns out, in the, in the process. So it all, it all worked out. And what I yes. think is one of the yeah. best, like, comedic, non-comedic performances of the guy that acts, acts Alice, that smarmy look, I don't think has ever been yes. pulled off better in cinema. It's, it honestly has the, yeah. the look of somebody that you want to instantly punch, regardless of whether you're a valid person or not. Yes. Yeah. Like when he walks in, Hans, booby, <laughs> booby, <laughs> I can give him to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so brilliant. Oh, it's so good. See, but even the first time yeah. you see him at the start, he's giving him a look and he just has this look of, oh, I just want to punch you so hard in the, in the face. It's, yeah. It's, but then I love so the way brilliant. that, like, John McClane walks back and he's like, you've missed a bit after he's been having a bit of the devil's dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so good. I, I think it's. I think Bruce Willis. Uh, I think you bring up a good point about about him insofar as being the action star because he's not. Obviously, at the time when this was made, this was a very Stallone 
Schwarzenegger era of action. Yeah, yeah. Hero. Yeah. And and, and Willis, while I mean, he put me to shame. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He also wasn't the muscle-bound star that, that they were. Even if you take in like a, a Chuck Norris, even slightly before that, or Steven Seagal, they yeah, all yeah, uh, yeah. much, much bigger than him. But he was much more of an everyman, and I think that's part of its appeal in terms of uh, yes, of that connection absolutely. with the audiences. Yeah, and I think it, it works well. Although he is a, a, a cop, and you've got to have that to be able to, like a bit of background to be able to take down the terrorists and stuff and not just be throwing guns at people because you don't know what to do with them. But it, it adds that, it grounds the film, adds that realism to it that, yeah, I guess if I was a cop and that, you could be in that situation. Like you say, rather than it being, like in this day and age, it'd be The Rock, wouldn't it? Running around trying to do it. And it'd just be a bit over the top. Whereas I feel like it's a bit more natural from Bruce Willis. So, again, this is something that I really, uh, I was kind of interested in, is watching it with, you know, they don't make that type of movie anymore, right? Uh, in terms of, like, that kind of action. But, yet again, it has that kind of fun, timeless aspect of it. Like, one of the things that really stood to me, like, the soundtrack and the music that goes along could have been the soundtrack and the music to Home Alone, in some ways. It, there's no distinction yeah, yeah. about it being an action film compared to like a comedy or something like that. So it kind of does this other kind of window dress and stuff to make it sort of normal. And yet it has this character who isn't really wanting to kill people, even though he sort of does kill people. But he does. Yes. He doesn't really. The only people he shoots really in the face are the people at the end, if that makes sense. So even the first guy that he runs into, the first guy that he ends up killing, it's like, you not kill me because you're a cop. Um, and he does end up killing him, but he doesn't blow his head straight off. At the and that kind of, I think that's right of its time in terms of we can't yeah. have ultra yeah, violence from our heroes. Yes, yeah. And the, well, the first death, if you like, the first person he kills is accidental because they're fighting yes. and breaks his neck on the stairs. Um, and like you say, it's not till later on he starts shooting them, and then there's that guy that says, "When you what is it? When you've got a, an opportunity to kill someone, take it." And then he just fires a gun from under the table and yeah. shoots him and takes balls. him out and yeah. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's kind of a humorous death in a, a lot of ways, I think, rather than kind of straight out, which is why I think the end of it works well when he's got the gun tipped his back and he is very clinical at that stage to kind of yes. say, no, no, uh, this is this is going to yeah. happen at that but, stage. But with the Christmas tape. Yes. <laughs> there's lots of hints of Christmas throughout it. And even like the like you say, with the, the soundtrack to it, every now and again, like the the transitional music's got like sleigh bells in it and right. and, and things like that just to kind of reaffirm that we are on Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. And, and even yeah. the case of when Al goes to visit the plaza, you know, to check it out the first time, like the city has a desolate nature of it that would probably be true of like Christmas Eve as well. You know, there's not expected that there'll be loads of people yeah. in an office or anything like that. So it, it kind of does yeah, feel yeah. like yeah. it would be appropriate for, for that time or, or for that time of year yeah sure yeah and he's humming like a christmas song isn't he like, that's right yeah as he's, he's going away the building and yeah. before the yeah. dude lands in his car yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the like one of the, again one of the things that i kind of found out about it is that it, it's a really odd body cop movie at that stage when al comes along because they yeah. have a very traditional body cop relationship, but they aren't together. Like they're literally doing it over across the radio, and yeah, again, at around the time Beverly Hills Cop was around that time, forty eight hours around that time, Eddie Murphy was making a killing of body cop movies. Lethal Weapon was happening around that time. It's again players yes. in that, but it's yeah. completely different. 
Yes. Yeah. Like you say, it kind of takes that genre and goes, well, what if they weren't together and one's just helping each other on the radio? And and, and the, the guy that plays Sergeant Alpal, oh, if you're watching it and you look at his facial expressions and stuff, you know, when the, the captain uh, is, is, is just saying stupid things and he's like, what? I've just, either I've just said that, like the shooting at the lights, um, or he goes to him, do you want a breath mint? And he, he just looks at him like what? And like it's just little things like that. It's it's great. There is there are so many quotable lines in the film. It is uh, again yeah. other type completely forgotten and missed the amount of really like sometimes like quotable just like yippee ki yay etc. Very quotable out of the context stuff. But yep. some stuff that's really really comical. Like the, when the FBI agents introduce themselves, this is Johnson. And this is Johnson, not related. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That is that is tremendous. Uh, just given yeah. given way to set that up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the um, you know how you were saying about if it was Stallone or Schwarzenegger yes. or even John Claude Van Damme, someone like that. I think it, like you say, it, it would either if it was Schwarzenegger, it'd be too comical. Mm-hmm. If it was Stallone, it'd have had like a massive machine gun and just been plowing people down and taking out half the building. And if it had been Seagal, it it, did have been two martial arts trained or Jean-Claude Van Damme and they wouldn't be using weapons and they'd just be, you know, hands and him would be having a, you know, flying kick him off the edge of the building rather than, you know, the watch scene. Um, So yeah, I think it worked well. I think the, the, the casting's excellent in this film. Yeah. And uh, like Willis has a, because he's not the same size as, like, say, if a if a Halloween Schwarzenegger Sloan, you would expect in them just to run through the building, you know what I mean, and just take everybody out. Like, that yeah. would have been expected. Where there's, well, this has a vulnerability. It's even kind of showcased by, obviously, the walking on the glass stuff, all that kind of stuff. Shows yes. that he's, yeah. that he's, that, that he's vulnerable and that he can be hurt and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And even Gruber is a very unlikely tough guy villain as well. You know, he's a cerebral villain rather than, you know, a threat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Al- Alan Rickman's just great in this. He's very suave. Even when he's um, talking to, um, I can't remember the guy's name that's, that's in charge of Nakatomi Plaza at that point. Um, Takagi. 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 Yeah. 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 And and he's like, oh, is, uh, are they Tom Phillips suits or whatever it's called or something like that? Oh yeah, I have two of myself. Apparently, <laughs> Arafat has them and stuff. And he's like, being quite normal as if he was a a CEO somewhere else in the building. They're just having that chat. And then he's like, oh, you're just a bank robber. <laughs> yeah. I don't have those codes. And he's like, well, I'll get them anyway. But the, we just want your bearer bonds and your your vault. And then yeah, it kind of escalates from there. Yeah. It's amazing to think that was Rickman's first ever movie. Like that just seems, isn't it? Just that's absolutely insane that somebody can walk in from stage and TV and go and be so commanding in in what is a pretty big budget. Yeah, have have that presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you say, that like the way he walks around, like at the start of the film, and he's just it's very natural, as if he's been doing it for years. And just walks through because at the minute I'm listening to Patrick Stewart's audiobook that he's done, mm-hmm. his like autobiography, and he was saying how he struggled going from stage to that because they 
project their voice quite a lot when they're on stage and things. And I'm sure there might have been a few issues, but yeah. it just it looks just so natural. Yeah. Well, I think he was he kind of took on the role, not really knowing what the role was, and you know, obviously he was so good in it. I think it kind of probably did hurt his career in terms of some of the serious roles he could get. Because if you think about Rickman's big roles on screen, they all tend to be villains. You know, even Sheriff of Nottingham, you know, Severus, yeah. etc. You know, I think it's yeah, it's his mannerisms and his accent. Mm. I think. Like, and the way he talks is very deliberate, very, I wouldn't say he draws out his words, but he's got that kind of, the delivery. And obviously people like do his accent and stuff. I'm not going to try and do a, a, an Alan Rickman, but just the way he is. And, and, I, and I love the scene as well. You know, when, is it after he shoots um, that guy in the face that you just said his name? I can't remember now. Okay. Yeah. Hans Booby. Um, and he, and he, after he's been shot in the, he shoots him when he's like, this isn't radio. And the way he kind of just slides out the room and just shoves the radio out so everyone can hear the screaming. And he's like, you did that kind of thing. But it's like, I don't know, it's not over the top, but very, you, you can feel what he's trying to do. Yeah. It, if that it's, makes sense. Very powerful movements. It's the sense of control that he exudes. Like, he, like I say, he's not a big build of a guy. He's literally yes. just a guy in a suit with a beard no. um, that has a lot of big people working for him. But he just yep. exudes control of the toys. It never looks flappable or flapped or anything. And it actually makes the scene when him and McLean run into each other even more effective when he does the switch and kind of plays the innocent yes. victim yeah. a little bit. Uh, it, I think it makes that all the more effective. Um to it because you kind yeah. of think oh and the way he switches his accent at that point yeah you're almost the bit, an actor. I, love, I love this his facial like <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> but i love his facial expression as well you know when the, the shoot in the glass mm-hmm. and he says it to the guy in german and he's like what and then he's like oh like shoot the glass <laughs> and he's like oh yeah. <laughs> but That's he's just the way he, like does it yeah yeah and i know there's a few people that have hit the ground running on their first film but not mm-hmm. like that's uh, Schwarzenegger in, in um, Barbarian, I want to say. Conan, no, Conan. Conan. Yeah, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, I know he was completely like taken out of the bodybuilding world into acting. So it's different, but there's a lot of people that have, have struggled with their first few films to get, but, find their stride. But Conan was a film about Conan, if you know what I mean. So at least the whole film was built around him. And you could say the same thing, I suppose, about Bloodsport in some ways with yeah. Van Damme that we talked about earlier. But this one, he was just the baddest, was Willis's film. But yes, yet, yeah, sort of Rickman's film in a lot of ways. Like I was saying, I was watching it yeah. and my youngest came in and I was saying, oh, you have to leave now because you can't see this. I'm at the end of the film. This is one of the greatest death scenes in all of cinema history for me. Like that, that shot yeah. of him yeah. falling is... Like I think one of the the greatest, you know, that that, that there is, and, and all, and that is all. I, I I presume you know this, and I, I actually have a book that's pretty hefty about Die Hard. I got it a few years ago, and it goes through all the behind the scenes. But so the the death at the end is genuine because Alan Rickman was scared of heights, but he wanted to the 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 producer. And director was like, and, and bearing in mind, they do this now, like with a lot of fight scenes, we want you in the shot, shot to make yeah. it more realistic. So they had him ready to go, but they 
to add to it, they didn't tell him when they were going to release him. So they were like, <laughs> right, we'll count to five. And on one, they pulled it. So they got an even more of a, ah! like, nice. I'm falling kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they, 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 yeah, he wasn't happy, but they were like, that was the best shot we had. Cause it was not only was he scared any way of going, but they, they didn't tell him when they were going to go and it made him even more. Yeah. Scared. What's what uh, makes that whole very angry. What makes that whole bit work is, is his face. Like his face is so, you can see the kind of like everything wrapped up. Oh, the error of his ways in his face, the, the kind of genuine fear of, Oh, actually I'm going to die. I am, I'm somebody that is, that's fallible or other, which is not something he gives off the rest of the film at all. You know? No, no. And, it, and it's interesting that what kills him is something that's planted very early in the film. Mm, that's like right. The first 20 minutes, which is the, the Rolex watch for, um, for doing really well. Holly yeah. for doing well in the sales or whatever it was. That's very good. But they, yeah. the, there's a couple of bits that I really don't like script-wise that I think could have knowledge very well. So the bit, and they're both at the very end of the movie. Okay. So one is yep. the bit where they're talking about um, his, his wife's, he's introducing his wife at the very end of the movie to say this is Holly and he gives her maiden name and she corrects him to say, no, it's Holly McLean. That bit's dreadful. <laughs> no, it's actually McLean as if we're yeah. back married now because he saved me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. And the other bit, I, like I say, I don't like this, but it's also hilarious. Like good old Al has been saved from a future of not being a great cop by all this trauma, and now he can kill people again. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, yeah. I was like, okay, that, that, that's, a, that's a point you can make, certainly. I mean, it's, it, is a, it is an action movie. This guy going off and dealing with trauma, but now he is the hero because he shot him at the end, and it's like, I'm saved. I can yeah. kill people again. I'm a good cop. Oh. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that's, that paperwork. That's, that's, that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, but those are the only yeah, two real yeah. criticisms no, I, I have of it. Uh, to be honest, in terms, of, and they're both yeah. sort of scriptish rather than kind of having to do a performance or action or anything like that. Um, but and anything else that jumps to you about it? The fact that a lot of people think it snows at the end and it's not. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of flashing lights. Though, um, isn't so there? it been... kind of gives that feeling of like things happening around them environmentally. Yeah, well. and I think because of the helicopter blowing up and different mm. things, and it's it's ash as opposed to to snow. So that catches a lot of people out on quizzes, and because um, it wasn't that long ago, someone argued with me, and they went, <laughs> "Oh, it's Die Hard," and I went, "Excuse me, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's hard, Die Hard too." Have you got a um, book? And then I had to show them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, it's just it, it just it's got the right level of action, mm-hmm. the right level of comedy, and just it just fits so well. And even a bit of peril in it when he's after he's got all that glass in his feet and he's thinking, "I'm I don't know how I'm going to get out of this," and I'm done. Um, if I ever go to a Christmas party and I need to change, the first thing I put on is my shoes, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> but. It, yeah, it's just, you know, it's set up. It wasn't obviously Bruce's first film, but it set him up to be more of an action star. Oh, and then obviously kickstarted Alan Rickman's career. And yeah, it set up just, just love it, it. Set up, it set up at two sequels as well. It did. It did, yeah. Yeah, nothing else after that. Nothing. I've said done. I refuse, but <laughs> I, I, I love, I love Die Hard 2 as well. Yeah, it's great. 
I really like that one. Yeah, yeah. Like two and three. And then it finishes. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. And I love how uh, three's linked to the first one with uh, Hans Gruber's brother. Yes, that's yes, right. Brother, that's it? Yep, yep, it is. With Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and uh, yeah. again, the, the, these two very famous German villains that are both very English. <laughs> very, very, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the and most then English it's, people in the world. Not his first role, but one. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of um, Samuel Jackson's first films. That's right, uh, uh, Harbour the Bandits, it was indeed. Because he was more of a, I suppose it's his, he's a, like a supporting one in this one, but mm-hmm. yeah. I always forget he's in Coming to America. Oh, yes. It's another film I dearly, dearly, dearly love. Uh, one of the yes. funnest bits of yeah. uh, trivia that I found out is actually, you know, for all of the great American hero that Bruce Willis is pur- purported to be in, in this, he's actually the German in the film. He's pretty much the only German in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which which is which is real, which is really good. Yeah, oh dear. And then the only other thing that I found that I, that I didn't know before I was doing research is actually Nakatomi Plaza's the 20th Century Fox building. So they actually did blow that to shit in pieces. Pieces like it was legitimately they had some abandoned floors and they basically shot up the pieces. Um, uh, for and they yeah. wrote it off as insurance <laughs> tax reasons, which is really clever. Like, I think that's yeah. uh, that's great. And actually, the screenwriter, when he was doing the tour of the building, yeah. specifically was taking notes of things that he could do in places that he could go and do it because he was doing the tour of the building. So, like, I think all that stuff's really, really yeah. interesting in terms of like what yeah, makes it is, film. Yeah, yeah. And the way they use the models for like helicopters right. and stuff like that, you can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell well, it's a model. It's yeah, yeah, really well done. Yeah, great, great choice, Ali. I uh, one of the yeah. great things about having somebody different on all the time is everybody sort of has a different perspective or window into a film that they'd like to talk about. And actually, that variety yeah. is what makes like cinema so amazing. In a lot of ways, is that you can have yeah. the real highbrow, you can have the action, you can you can kind of enjoy it all just the same. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can't honestly remember when I first saw this. I wasn't old enough at the time. I don't think. What is it? Eighty-eight. So I was three when it was released. <laughs> um, I presume I've seen it with my dad at some point. <laughs> he loves his action films as well. <laughs> yeah. It definitely was a film that was shown a lot, I think, in, in Britain for a good 10, 15-year period anyway. So it was kind of one yeah. of those universal things. Like a lot of those 80s action films were that it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. Like it doesn't seem to, to, to come back around. No, in the same a lot way. of action films now were... Yeah, a lot of action films are just remakes or just either a full-on remake or a reimagining is the mm-hmm. is the new buzz thing these days. And it'd just be nice to... I mean, I suppose the only thing that's, that has been a bit more re- like fresh is, was the John Wick series, but even that's on its fourth one now. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, how much longer are we going to go with that? Um and then I don't think we can go any further with John Wick without, without saying too much. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, John Wick, I thought but, a lot of when, when I was watching this because it is the most natural kind of modern day, like no nonsense action film that, that we've got these days. And uh, it is a very different yeah. stylistic thing compared to what uh, Die Hard is. It has this heart to it and this kind of like almost like non-superhero-ness to it, like the whole way through it. Yeah, and I, I guess an, another one that was out recently um, was Nobody. 
Oh yes, with the uh, Bodenkirk. Yep. Yes, yeah, which is very like a. I can't wait. He's a cleaner, isn't he, or something? Mm-hmm. But he's a very. He looks like an everyday man again, and you know, okay, yes, he's been trained, but he's got that groundedness to it. Yeah. Terrific, terrific stuff. Love that, love that trip. And like I say, I hadn't seen it maybe three or four years, and there were loads of bits of it oh. that I just totally like. Or Gar as a character had no memory of at all. Like it totally wiped him out of my memory. I've seen that film five, six times, and like my, my brain just hadn't taken any notice of him or his moments, which are sort of this like comic yeah. stuff that that goes on that gives it a bit of heart. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So that's the end of our episode, Holly. That's sad, but another really enjoyable yeah. one for me, at, at least. And uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having me. We'll on. definitely have to do it again, especially make plans. Yes, and, and do that going forward. Uh, yeah. If anybody I'm, wanted to find you, where would they find you? Um, I'm everywhere, pretty much as Cornwolf. There might be an underscore on it, especially on Twitter. So I'm Corn underscore Wolf on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can you can find me there and at Film Guff. It'll either be myself or Kev that's doing it, and I'm on. Blue Sky, which a lot of people are moving yeah. to as well now, uh, which is a no nonsense Twitter. Um, so I'm on there as Cornwolf as well. So that's my that's my YouTube kind of alias that I just just go by. <laughs> Very good, and uh, I'll stick a lot of those links down in the uh, down in the description for everybody to go and find you out and yeah. hunt you out, depending on if, uh, if they're uh, they're interested in the various rabbit holes that you've went down, I've went down, and <laughs> yeah. many of us go down indeed. Uh, so yeah. until next time. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go on holiday hiatus or maybe to see how busy everybody gets over the Christmas period but I shall be back shortly with another with another guest to talk another great movie and I'll speak to you all again soon take care everybody all the best bye cheers <laughs>